Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Midsummer in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Midsummer, Midsummer is the newest film from director Ari Aster, uh, who formerly, uh, previously directed Hereditary last year, uh, as well as a bunch of other things that I've never heard of or seen. Um, they might be short films, not sure, but he's got another half dozen credits on Letterboxd, um, besides those two. Uh, he got a ton of praise for Hereditary. I think there's a lot of great stuff in Hereditary, and I'm sure comparisons to that will come up throughout this episode. Uh, but um, I think I did a review episode for Hereditary, and I did like it. I thought the first two-thirds were almost perfect, and the last third really let me down. So I was concerned uh, about Midsummer. As excited as I was, as much as I was, fa- you know, I thought, I think Ari-, Ari Aster is a great director. I think he does a lot of great things. I think it was his writing that really uh, hindered Hereditary for me. And, you know, he got fantastic performances from all of his cast members. Um, so, and and seeing Midsummer having Florence Pugh in it, Will Poulter, Jack Rayner, among other people, I, I was really excited cautious but but very excited and um yeah it wasn't until i was driving or i wasn't driving but going to the theater that i realized um how long this movie is uh midsummer is two and a half hours long it is a very very long movie and that is both a, a blessing and a curse for this film uh, it's good because it's a it's a beautiful film. The cinematography is is wonderful, from the costumes to the colors to the shot composition and and just the visual elements of the movie are are really astounding. And so getting you know an extra half hour or so of that isn't a bad thing. You know I I'm happy to you know spend more time watching a film that looks really really nice. On the other hand, um, it drags the film out, which is not a problem that Hereditary had. You know, I thought Hereditary was paced very, very, very well. Midsummer, I think, is just a notch too slow, and I don't even think you'd have to cut off thirty minutes for that to go that problem to disappear. I think you know, ten, fifteen, even might have been uh, just enough to to really you know, tighten things up and, and keep things uh, just flowing a little bit better than they do. Because this isn't a real horror film. It's a very thrilling and suspenseful uh, sort of, sort of um, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, mood piece. And that mood is very unsettling, and the film does a really good job at, at making you feel unsettled. But it, it, it like I, I think that little, you know, that 10, 15 extra minutes, slow, it, it dissipates that feeling a little too much. Because 
the final act of the film and maybe the final 10, 15, 20 minutes of it are, are really shocking. Visually, they are, you know, difficult to comprehend and, and wrap your head around. They are, you know, it's, it's a lot of really brazen and, and astonishing things that Aster puts in front of you. And I wanted, I really wanted to feel that connection to what was happening, to the actions of this cult, to the, to the terrifying acts that they are committing. And I, I just, I wasn't quite there. I couldn't quite get to that point. And I really think that, you know, you snip a little bit here, snip a little bit there, you can get me to that response um, as I'm supposed to be. And I mean, I, look, I don't think I'm the only person that has that's has this issue, but I'm certainly not, you know, this is certainly not everyone's issue with this movie. And it's not my only problem, but I really think it's it's one of the bigger fundamental issues that Midsummer has. Because you look at the performances, Florence Pugh is amazing in this. Uh, her la- the last shot of her face is is great. Uh, the screaming that she does in this movie the emotions that she's able to convey on her face i i loved it from start to finish uh the supporting cast of jack rayner and wilhelm blumgren and will poulter and uh you know william jackson harper and alora torchia archie madikewa madikewa madiki madikewa uh and, and then everyone that's part of the cult Man, like, they're all great. And particularly some of the members of this cult who are, uh, I assume, Swedish. And, you know, nobody that I really recognized or saw anything anywhere else. Man, they're outstanding. Great supporting cast. Great minor characters. Great uh, just just filler people, you know. Just the, the little things that they did I, I loved so much. And... You know, I think Astor just has a really great way of of getting the performances he needs. And he did it with Hereditary. He's done it again with Midsummer. The performances across the board are very, very good. Um, so if so my my biggest worry was the going was the writing, right? Like that's why that was my biggest issue with Hereditary. So the question is, you know, what's the story like? How does the screenplay play out? And and outside of it being a little long, which is, you know, attributed to the writing, it doesn't have the third act letdown that Hereditary had for me. I don't think Midsummer has as many highs that Hereditary had in, in like the first two thirds of the film, uh, but it doesn't have anywhere near as close to uh, as low of a low as Hereditary's third act did. It's a lot more consistent from start to finish. Um, it ebbs and flows, for sure, uh, as, as all good films and all good horror films need to. But it, it, the, the, the wave of its flow is, is a lot uh, shallower and, and with a lot less deviation from the norm than um, I think it should have had. I think it needed more spikes and... Um, I mean, you don't want valleys in, in your film in terms of like quality and writing, but it needed a few more spikes is what it is, I think, the issue. Because as many moments in this movie as there are that I could point to and, and reference and say, man, like that, 
that's burned in my head. Like I'm, it's gonna be a while before I forget some of these things. I don't think they're going to be as memorable as the moments I remember from Hereditary. You know, with Tony Collette standing, setting herself on fire. You know, uh, the screaming at the dinner table. Uh, you know, her. You know, squished, squished up in the corner of the bedroom, uh, of her son's bedroom, and like the head. The car, the you know, the head coming off in the car ride, all those things are, are etched into my mind, and I've only seen Hereditary once. Midsummer, you know, it's a lot fresher, so you know, I definitely still remember a lot, a lot of things from it. But as the time passes and as we get closer, you know, into awards season and then into next year's movies, I don't know how much of this I'm gonna be able to retain. It's a good movie. Uh, absolutely, it is a good movie. I think Ari Aster is still going to, you know, he's got a huge, great future ahead of him. But again, like, I just, I can't, there's just something about his movies that I, I, I whether, something about them just doesn't fully connect with me. You know, in the first one, it is that third act twist that, much more supernatural and fantastical element of the film that I just wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't there for, I wasn't on board with. And here, uh, it's as much as I think the events that take place are, are good, I mean, relatively good from a, from a film standpoint, I, I really just couldn't, I don't know, everything about it was a little off. And and I think one of the reasons, and I, I kind of identify this as being, this movie is, is not super subtle about what it's really about. Um, it is definitely about grief, the way Hereditary is. It is about overcoming grief. It is about, you know, coming to terms with yourself and what you feel and, and how you feel about others. And... Uh, not to get into any more specifics of that, just uh, to keep this spoiler free, but I think the themes and messages within Midsummer are incredibly simple. And for two and a half hours, for the message to be that simple, uh, a message that I think could be conveyed in, you know, 40 minutes, uh... Uh, it it gets kind of uh, repetitive, and you know we get. I, I you know wasn't predicting, I didn't you know see everything coming, but there is one moment, um, where Florence Pugh's character is asked to make a choice, and. I mean, it, it was the easiest thing. To call right, and and I don't think the movie's trying to subject you or subvert you, in that decision that she makes, but. If it took us, you know, two hours and ten minutes at that point to get to that choice, and if that is kind of culminating into what what this movie is trying to say, I don't think it needed to take so long to do it. I think there's so many more angles that could have been explored. You know, there are a lot of side characters who I think are just kind of, they end up being fodder for Florence Pugh's journey. And that is, I think, at the at its core the issue with this movie in that it really wants to be a character study and it's also trying to be a horror movie and it 
kind of misses out on being either. It come, you know, it it doesn't really cross the threshold into horror as far as I'm concerned. It's it's very unconventional as a horror film. It's a far more, you know, sort of suspense mystery thriller type of movie. And it doesn't really end up being a character piece either because it has too many of those horror elements and it's there's too many uh, you know tertiary characters that seem to have their own lives going on and they don't really interact with um, Florence Pugh the way that they would if this was about her and, and just her and, and so you know the movie just it, it pushes it it, it you know, it's it's like it wraps its hand around, you know, some one thing and trying to you know trying to reach out and grab something else with the other hand, and you know you're stretching yourself out as much as you can. You just can't quite reach both things at the same time, so you have to pick one or the other at any given moment. And um, you know, it just uh, it doesn't quite work for me that way. So, I mean, it's not, again, I don't think it's a bad film. This is a good movie. I, I'm not saying don't go see it. If you can, if you have any interest and passing interest in it, definitely check it out. Florence Pugh is amazing. She's going to be in everything. Um, I know she's going to be in Little Women later this year. I know she's going to be in uh, the Black Widow movie in some capacity. And uh, she's great in this. And Ari Aster, you know, as a director, is is really special. And I think he knows how he he knows absolutely how to frame a shot. He knows how to create a mood and, and set up, um, you know, finish off a setup and and all these stuff all these different things. It's just he's the solo writer on Midsummer. And if I'm not mistaken, he was the solo writer for Hereditary as well. And um, just checking that here. I assume that's the case. I think that's true. Yeah. And I'm not saying he needs a partner or anything like that, but I think his writing is his weakest element. And I think that's that's the only thing he really needs to work on. I think if he tightens up the writing, man, both of these movies are probably, you know, masterpieces, which is curious to say because there are a lot of people who already think they're masterpieces. So I'm in the minority <laughs> as far as that's concerned. Uh, so, you know, grain of salt with my opinion, I guess, in this. Um, midsummer. Midsummer. Uh, so the cold itself, uh, I guess I can talk a little bit about that. No spoilers again. But this was kind of um, the opening sequence of this movie, or one of them, uh, the really troubling, dark opening sequence part of this movie, uh, is really beautifully shown and told. But the, the, the moment and the turn of the film where we go from okay, Florence Pugh's character is distressed and distraught and sad and upset and anguished to everyone is traveling to Sweden to, to visit uh, Pele's cult. I don't buy that mo moment. 
we don't not we do not get enough setup for that moment. I think, uh, as is a lot of movies, you're like, hey, we're just going to the cabin for a weekend. Like that is contrived, but it's it's not, you know, a huge leap. Whereas, hey, we're all going to Sweden for know, like a week and a half, and um, you should come with us kind of a thing. I don't know. It felt like too convenient, too easy to get us to the position where we needed to be for this movie to happen. So I wish there was a little bit more work done in the beginning of the film. And then once we get there, uh, Astor does something really interesting with drugs in this movie and, and tripping that I'd seen in, in other capacities in other films, not quite like this and not to this degree and not with this, I think, refined skill that I really, really liked. I really appreciated the way he, he paid it. He took very close attention to detail with, with uh, the characters who were on, you know, uh, hallucinogens. And it really adds a lot to the experience and trying to understand how present these characters are to the film and and how real everything around them is and I, I never I never I don't think the film ever really tries to say oh what just happened didn't actually happen I don't think it goes to that degree thankfully but it definitely makes like oh are these <laughs> are these people making decisions because it's in their best interest or because they're high and that's a fun dynamic to play with, um, particularly you know like Will Poulter and and Jack Rayner, who like Will Poulter is playing kind of the asshole in this movie, and it really begs the you know kind of forces you to ask the question of yourself, how sane is this person? Some of the things and choices he makes are are really confounding. Um, and I think the same is true of Jack Rayner, who we're led to believe one thing. Uh, we follow his character down a specific path throughout the film. And I understand this path, and, and it makes sense within the context of the film. I, I wish that... Um, I don't know. We, we don't get enough, I think, from his point of view and from his mind. I wish we got one or two... Maybe one more converse, one other conversation that he has uh, doesn't even have to be with Florence Pugh. Danny doesn't have to be with her necessarily, but just something to kind of give us an insight into like what he's thinking, why he's thinking, what he's thinking, because his character arc it it, it makes sense, and I, I buy it. I just I think I would have liked a little more clarification for it. I think. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I you know, there's not too much else I want to like super long movie, super short episode. Um The final sequence is great. Maybe my favorite. Um I don't know. Maybe the early sequence is better. I don't know. There's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot of really great moments in this movie. 
there's a great throwaway, kind of a throwaway line about uh, a bear. It's the first time the bear is mentioned that I thought was really great. And um, oh, that's the one other thing. One other thing I want to mention. I don't remember. I don't think this happened in Hereditary. I don't think this was a choice Aster made in Hereditary. But in Midsummer, there are a lot of shots in the film of characters in the very, very near frame uh, that are uh, obscuring a huge percentage of the shot. Uh, and, you know, like they're taking up a huge percentage of the of the lens and, and you don't even see their whole bodies. It's sometimes just their face or like the upper half of them. And then you have the action that's going on, which is in the background. That's a shot that happens a lot and in a lot of various diff- various ways, whether it's you know, zooming in on those characters or pulling back until they're right, until they come in front of the camera or so on and so forth. I really liked those shots. I, I thought those were really well done. I think um, in, a diff- in certain in- instances, they are very communicative about the situation and dynamics between the characters in the fore and backgrounds um, and in different ways, depending on the, the scene, uh, whether it's distance apprehension, uh, fear, uh, nervous, nerves, or whatever the situation may be, I I think there's a lot that Aster is able to communicate with just the camera. Just the camera and the way he lays out his shots. And um, I really noticed uh, a lot of those in Midsummer, And I was very, very pleased by it. It's very, very well done. Can't, Can't praise those elements enough, honestly. I cannot. Um... So, uh, that's kind of it. Uh, before before I sign off here, uh, Midsummer. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Midsummer, Midsummer, Midsummer. Uh, currently, Florence Pugh gets into best lead category for me, and uh, the film gets into best special effects, which so that includes visuals, animation, film editing, cinematography, uh, and the like. So. There's a lot of good stuff. Um, it, you know, it maybe even contends with tactile effects. I'll have to think about that. But yeah, it's technically great film. It's a good movie. Check it out if you've had any interest and haven't seen it yet. Um, yeah, Midsummer. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. I'm still. I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm still kind of recovering from the throat thing. Hopefully by Monday, uh, that will be completely gone. I am moving tomorrow. I'll be gone most of the day. Not that... I don't know why it matters that I'm gone most of the day. I'm moving tomorrow, uh, which will be a lot of hours in the car. And uh, then that means that that, uh, future episodes, almost all of them, I would assume, will not have to be on my laptop, uh, which will be so, so nice. Uh, so there's that. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. Monday, looking at, let's see, next week's episodes, uh, Lion King, definitely going to show up at least once, maybe twice for statistics as well. Uh, I'm going to see Wild Rose tonight, so there's a chance that could come on, show up next week. Uh, it is July, I did all the July-specific episodes already. Um... I don't know. There might be something to do with Stuber, Crawl. Eh, we'll feel it out and go go from there. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It does mean a lot. If you would like to find more episodes, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, 
You can head over to the circleoffilm.com website to find all the episodes and other things like that. You can find me on Letterboxd at Circle of Film, on Twitter at Circle of Film, email circleoffilm at gmail.com, or support the show, like, rate, review, subscribe, or become a patron at patreon.com slash circleoffilm for as little as eight cents an episode. There are tiers, there are rewards. Look into it. Thank you for listening, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fails.